Hello, I'm Deborah Scales, an Employment Associate at Clark's Legal, and as it's December, I've taken the risky decision to inject some rhyming couplets into my seasonal-related employment advice. It's called The Christmas Trials and Tribulations of the HR Professional. In the first week of Christmas, the management board sent to me more updated guidance from HMRC. Not furlough leave again, but this time HMRC has confirmed that the usual £150 per head tax exemption on the costs of an annual event to which all employees are invited will apply to Christmas parties which are being held virtually this year. Planning the office party usually makes me feel quite glum. Memories of Dave cavorting on the dance floor, a sprig of holly up his... But now HMRC have dispelled my sense of doom. This year we can hold the party virtually, by Zoom. It's a shame in many ways, but what could possibly go wrong? As long as the top half's decent, they can sit there in a thong. In the second week of Christmas, the management board sent to me a sexual harassment claim under Section 261B. It's actually Section 26.2 of the Equality Act, but that didn't rhyme. Remember that sexual harassment at work doesn't have to involve physical touching. A lewd, one-off comment or shared photograph can amount to sexual harassment, making virtual parties no less risky to employers than real ones. They may even pose a greater risk if the employee feels under less scrutiny at home, a stash of alcohol by their side. Just like real parties, employers will remain vicariously liable for discriminatory conduct that takes place during a work-related virtual party, unless they have a statutory defence. And if colleagues decide to carry on partying themselves after the formal work party closes, even that might be considered by a tribunal to be within the course of employment. So, employers, take care and make sure all staff have been given a copy of your anti-harassment policy. In the third week of Christmas, the management board sent to me that pay gap report on women and obesity. This is the alarming report published by the Institute for Employment Studies that really revealed that women living with obesity face a 13% wage barrier compared with their female peers. Negative stereotyping at the recruitment and selection stage were identified as key factors. Time to put some unconscious bias training in place, perhaps. So now what am I supposed to do? Add a weight column to the gender pay gap review? And besides, why must we be judged by the size of our thighs? It's lockdown. I'm stressed. Let me scoff those mince pies. There's been lots written about the risks of remote working to physical and mental health. The Economist recently reported that around the world, people are working longer hours than they, than they did before the pandemic. It seems the daily commute has been replaced with more emails and video meetings, with most of the extra toil being done in the evenings. My own firm, Clark's, has come up with a great idea to help us keep physically and mentally healthy. We're doing a virtual charity hike across Europe and we email in how many miles we've walked, ran or cycled each day. It's the impetus we need to get away from our desks and out into the daylight and fresh air. In the fourth week of Christmas, the management board sent to me 
a thank you, which meant the world to me. And thank you for indulging me. I think I'll stick with the day job. If you'd like any further advice on any of these topics, contact us at Clark's Legal on 0118 958 5321 or contact at clarkslegal.com or go to employmentbuddy at clarkslegal.com for all our employment law updates.